Welcome back to Weekend Superstars, Episode 2, Season 2. George, I was thinking about our title of Weekend Superstars leading into more than just musicians. Right. It takes place with your club owners, your managers, all kinds of different people. Even the bartenders have, they're all Weekend Superstars. Would yeah, you agree? I mean, yeah, they're all they're all a big part of it and a big part of the music business too because that's where most of it takes place. That's where right? we all get our start. And uh, one lady that uh, I know you and me personally have probably worked with more than anybody <laughs> yeah. is our guest tonight, Miss Mama Tish. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm glad you'd be here, man. So, real quick, before we get too into it, you know, I know your history with George and with me, but uh, thanks for everything. Because yeah, we've had, yeah. we've had what, a 20-year career knowing you and working with you? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. So you've At been least. a big part of that, and not, not just us, but a lot of musicians. So, but for every us. Time, every time George would leave me, I'd cry. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many times has he retired now? What was it? Three I times? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think three times, probably. And every time I come back, she cuss me. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> well, you hated him when he first showed up, didn't you? Oh, God, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> he was the meanest little thing I'd ever met in my life. If it makes anything any better, I didn't like her either. So it wasn't like we, you know. It was because I was a businesswoman. Right, well, you didn't like that. You got that. the first part of that word with the right letter started out. But I, don't, you, don't, don't you go there, <laughs> George Mobile. <laughs> We'll end up in one heck of a fight right here on this uh, podcast. <laughs> How did you get started in the bar business? Because before we even hit record, you told me you started back in 1979. 1979 at a, a club, the biggest club in Frankfurt at the time. Uh, it was called Midland Tavern. And I became a groupie to the band, which included Winston May, uh, Mike Shipley, Clyde Foley, who nobody can beat his guitar playing. Yeah. If you Google him, you'll see his history. Um, Scott Perry, Kim Brewer. I just became a groupie, and, and I was only a waitress then because I was only 20. Yeah. And as soon as I hit 21, they threw my butt behind the bar, and there I stayed. And I bartended and run around with the band. Right. Yeah, so I was big into music by yeah. then. Just a yeah. fan. Yeah. And just wanted just to be around fan. it. As a matter of fact, the first time I ever met J.P. Pennington was at Midland Tavern. Mm -hmm. And his record had just come out, and it had hit number one. Yeah. And he was so uh, humble. Yeah, still is. Yeah, he was just as yeah. humble as he could be about it. But I've got pictures of me and him uh, sitting at a table, and that, that was just a thrill for me at my age. Yeah. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine uh, one time, uh, JP came out when I was playing with Jesse, and uh, JP just in the crowd. He got him, did one song, and of course, my friend knew who he was, but he was just messing around. And he said, uh, said Man, you're a pretty good guitar player. You, you in a band? And JP, being humble, he said, Oh, yeah, you know, I'm in this band. We're, we're called Exile. Like, we didn't all know that. You know? And Winston May, I don't know if I did I mention him or yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. Winston is probably one of the best steel guitar players. He is, yeah. Uh, he's right there with David. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but uh, Winston, is, he could tell you some mighty good stories himself. Yeah. He's something else. Now, how did you get to be a manager? Just moving up the ladder? Just moving up the ladder. Every time, I just wanted to wait tables and hang out with people, and I ended yeah. up running them, 
managing them, assistant manager, half owner, owner to half owner, yeah, I, I can't get out. <laughs> I, I retired at 60 and closed my bar on 27, and I laid in a bed for three months. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I'm a people person. I got to be around people. Yeah. Yeah. I got to babysit because that's what you do. All right. That's you, right. When you do the bar, you babysit. I'm sure uh, of all the bands that you've been around, I'm sure some of us are harder to babysit than others. Why <laughs> <laughs> everybody looks like <laughs> When I moved to Lexington from Frankfurt, um, I picked up a, a job, a part-time job, and uh, Jack Goble became my mentor. And he used to call me Little Girl. He said, little girl, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to learn. And he said, yeah, you do. <laughs> so I ended up working. At that time, Jack possessed the only five liquor license in Lexington. So we're talking 8990. Right. Okay. So, yeah. And I worked off five of the places. <laughs> and then, I mean, I'm loving Boardwalk Lounge, Congress, you know, uh, uh, all of his I never had gone to Austin City. Mm-hmm. And he took me out of Boardwalk and said, I need you at Austin City. John Michael's releasing his first album. And I said, I ain't going. He said, yeah, you are. And I said, but I don't want to. He <laughs> said, I don't care what you want. Yeah. You want to learn how to do this business? I'm taking you to the big dog. Right. So, and that's when I hit Austin City for, what, 17 years. Right as John was yes. blown up, at, right at yeah. that time. Yeah, wow. Eddie was playing the drums. Yeah. John was singing, and then John left Eddie there, and Eddie had a band. Yeah, there. Wow. Yeah. And what's it been like with? Uh, I'm curious. I know some guys like John and Eddie. We, we, you saw it coming, but has there ever been any bands that uh, you just thought, you know, this is it? Besides this guy. And just surprised you that nothing happened. Like, how many times have you seen greatness and been just disappointed that nothing came of it? A lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times. The Steel Country Band was playing at Austin City when I first went there in, in the early 90s. Bobby Wilkerson, Marty. Yeah. Um, and I their think, harmony. I sort of say that it was you. The first time I was ever in a bar, they were the house band in the bar at the time. And there was another lady there. Renee. Renee. That's yes. what I meant, yeah. Yes. Renee got booted after I got in there pretty yeah. much. But uh, Bob, their harmony was so awesome yeah. that it couldn't be beat. And Columbia Records came in unexpected, mm-hmm. and it happened to be that night they were partying. <laughs> and Bad night. <laughs> That they fell off the stage, throwing down. They ruined their chance to make it big. The guy from Columbia walked up to Jack and said, "Don't you ever call me back here to hear them." So we we mentioned that early. We we've talked before about uh, you know the house band thing. You know, used to be six nights a week or whatever, and now it's not really a thing anymore. But how times have changed. Where (laughs) if someone was to get a record deal. Now everyone thinks, gotta go to Nashville, gotta go to Nashville, but you didn't have to back then. No, they you came did not. here. 
They came yeah. for you. They came here. Yeah, if you made enough noise, they came here. Yes, you did not yeah. have to go to Nashville to become a star. Mm-hmm. They would all. You never know who's in that audience. Right. You never know. And all the players, like you know, we want to. Some of the people we've had on, you know, been inspirations to us, but they're not famous. But they're all yeah. people that we think should have been. Yes. You yeah. know, and it, it just happens over and over again. You get different. So many good musicians that uh, just don't get their shot. Yeah. Or they get drunk and fall off the stage with the Columbia. That was always a good thing about me. I mean, I was consistent, so they weren't going to see you any other night. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. this, this is it, guys. George, get back on the stage. George, get back on the stage. I will say George. this. I, I have never fallen off of a stage. Yeah, uh, I would knock on wood. You know, it's... Uh, but I remember... I remember the first time I was in there, it was half the size of what it is now. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it, that, that was always my big running joke with Eddie that, uh, to piss him off because he'd be talking to people that hadn't met me, and, you know, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, Moten's up there. He's, he's got them lined out the door at Austin City just like we used to. And I said, yeah. I said, but Eddie, when y'all did it, it was half the size. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest thing about the half size, now that you said that, is us bartenders would take a bet on who was going to fall down those steps. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we had a little pot every weekend. And we, as people would come in, we would bet on who would be the first one to fall. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like a little arena Two steps up, up, yeah. You know, it was you step up. Level up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It was crazy. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, when, when did Mama take her? When did you get the name? Okay, so we had a Trish, a Tish... That's and right. a Patricia That's right, yeah. working at the bar at the same time. And I think it was Randy Crutchfield that said, Could have been. That's Mama. So it wasn't until late Austin City days before yeah. that name came about. Okay. Yeah. So are we going to get you to tell your real name on the podcast? Tonight? No, we're not. <laughs> you need to just shut up over there. <laughs> We don't talk about my real name oh, unless yeah. we're signing something legal. All right, all right. There'll be no contracts tonight. Okay. Then, then, then we're good. So, that, and that's another big part. You know, you talk about Randy and, and, you know, you got Patrick and all those guys and what became known as Cowboy Corner. Yeah. That was the big thing uh, when I first got there. Yes, know, Cowboy just, Corner was the... Yeah. That, that was the spot. Yeah, I mean, if you went you in the cowboy not. counter corner, you was no good. Yeah. <laughs> but we would draw you in, you know, oh, yeah. to be yeah. over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, yeah, I got, I got sucked in because, you know, I guess for the first time is, is that's where the bar was at. Is where, <laughs> that's I, where I George was. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to know all of them, you buddies. Can I get to where I need yeah, they would but, let you. Well, or we'd hand over because the crowds were so yeah. big. We would hand but, over. I mean, there was just, and that's what you know. I, we go in there and play today, and, and it's it's a different vibe, uh, you know, back then. And, and those guys in Cowboy Corner, a lot of them were real cowboys. cowboys. They were out doing yeah. the rodeo and doing that thing. And, and uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of people back there I needed taken care of. I, I went up there and visited, but I, my memories there are cowboy boots, cowboy hats, and jeans yeah. with skull in your back pocket. Yeah. Country line dancing, country music. You didn't play no rock or nothing in right. there because yeah. it didn't belong. Yeah. That was a traditional country bar. 
And uh, it's just got away from that along with the time. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not to do with anything or anybody, but the tradition of the country music scene at that place has gone away. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've seen, I mean, we all have seen a lot of changes in in the whole business. Um, But like when we were talking about the the house band thing and the six nights a week, um, and now that you're a bar owner, What are your thoughts on that now? I miss that. I miss... Well, when I had Mama's Last Chance, I had more of what I wanted in right. a bar myself. More say, yeah. Yeah, more say. say and a lot of say. And I'd cut the music off with George Sings at Ramblin' Fever. I could go right up to Sanborn, <laughs> click that sucker off. And <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I had control. Yeah. I said, go ahead, sing it, George. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it didn't bother me. I got paid the same big ways. Yeah. But, yeah, the the scene in the music industry from 79 to today yeah. is like it's been flipped upside down. Right. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's nothing like yeah. it was. Well, another part that, you know, we never got talking about because it was all about the music on the house band thing, but it... it it allowed you to build relationships. Yes. Not just, you know, with, with the people at the bar, but the people that came to the bar, you know. Right. Uh, and my, my big thing always was is, you know, if you were going out on whatever night, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it was, you knew who was where. You didn't have to look in the paper. You didn't mm-hmm. have to show up and be surprised or show up and say, I don't like this. Let's go right. to another place. You, you went where you wanted to go. Because yeah. yeah. And uh, but on top of that, you know, you did. You got to build relationships with those people, right. with the people you worked with, and uh, you know whether they be good or bad. I mean, it it's just a whole different. The whole business has changed. Yes, I mean, absolutely. it's just nothing like what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that it ever will be that way again. But who knows? And then you know, like another thing we were talking about with that too is you had to be at a certain level to get in and do that kind of thing. Right. You know, it, oh, yeah. it wasn't just, you know, hey, come listen to my band. We're playing here tonight. No, you, you, you had to go audition. You had to send tapes. You had to go up there. And if you didn't meet the standards, you didn't. And if somebody got that spot. They got it. Man, it was hell in high water trying to, 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 to get them out, them out yeah. of there so yeah. somebody else could. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that everybody went where they wanted to go because of who was playing. Right. Because they already knew, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah. Okay, so such and such is playing here. This is where we're going. You know, we we interviewed Doug Breeding, and uh, he was talking about that. This would have been early '80s, but he said in Lexington, specifically, it seemed like everyone went wherever they were going for whatever band they wanted to see. Mm-hmm. But in Louisville, you went to the bar, and right. it didn't matter who the band was, was. because yeah. it was totally different. He goes, there you went to Jim Porter's because it was Jim Porter's. Right. But there you go to Austin City because George Moulton's playing that Austin yeah, City. Right. It was like it was a totally opposite that he experienced, you know. Right. And uh, that that's changed, too, because now all the bands play the same places just in a rotation, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've all just taken turns, you know. <laughs> Well, having a smaller business and doing acoustics, you know, at my age, I feel like that's mm-hmm. the speed I should be at. Sure. But I miss that togetherness of the yeah. of the bands and the big music and stuff. But it, you know, I don't think we'll ever have that back. Yeah. I don't I, see it. I mean, uh, I, I just don't. There's there's too many there's too many acts out there now. You know, and and. Uh, so many different, uh, 
so many different tastes in music. Yeah. And, you know, but there's there's a lot of folks, I run into a lot of folks a lot of times that they don't realize they have a taste for the kind of music I do until they actually hear it. You know, right. right. Like, I like that music. Well, yeah, I like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's something else. So, and yeah, with the crowds and stuff now, I used to go out and mingle and carry on, and now, man, it break time. Straight to the straight to the, straight to the break room. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, but you're older. You know. I am older. You're I old. am older. John's caught me napping over at Redmond's a few times when he's playing over there. He'd come in, I'd be. It's sad. Did you say it last? Except there wasn't a green room. You were napping right by the sink. <laughs> yeah. Hell, <laughs> yeah, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. How many years? Oh my gosh, I can remember though the if if George had been a, a throw-in band and left, I would have never liked him. Right. If we hadn't yeah. had that time and Mr. Bracey and and all the crowd yeah. pushing for us, I don't think we would have. And that's that's what I mean about building relationships. I mean, you know, sometimes people just don't click right off the bat, and it takes time. It's like you know, and he can tell you this. I've We've worked for places and sound guys come up and they'll say something to me like, man, you ain't near the asshole I heard you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you you should have said, did you ask mama? <laughs> but you know, but you know well, I do. It, it, somebody could catch you on an on a off night right. and something else is going on. Or, you know, back in those days, when you're coming off stage and there's, you know, whatever, six, seven hundred people out there, mm-hmm. you're not going to get to everybody that wants to get to you. And, you know, sometimes you might, I don't know. It's crazy. But well, it's interesting, you know, like I was saying at the beginning, how, you know, the whole Weekend Superstars is, is everybody. It's not just the band. Because the, the bars are trying to, to sell liquor. That's yeah. number one. We're trying to make yeah. money. We're a business trying to sell liquor. The bands are trying to do their artistic thing, right. which usually contrasts with oh, yeah. trying to sell liquor. <laughs> yeah. Whether we like to hear that or not, that's right. the truth. But having the relationship with the managers and the bar owners and the bartenders and getting to know those people and work together yeah, is where it really is. Because like, you know, with you, with Larry Redman, whoever it is that we've dealt with, you know, if we didn't have a good working relationship, it, oh, it's bound to fail yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can find that where, you know, we get to do our thing, but we're also helping you and then you help us and... A lot of a lot of good can come of that, you know. That's where the success comes, and a lot of people I don't think get that. Yeah, I don't no, think they, they understand don't. it. No, it, it, I mean when we connected, though. I mean we connected. Yeah. When we finally yeah. got past, well, running a, a bar as big as Austin City was back then. Right. I'm doing radio. I'm doing Nashville. I'm doing bookings. I'm you mm-hmm. know working with. Bandy and Bailey, I'm I'm everywhere, and then I got this little short smart aleck over here going, gimme, gimme, okay. But once we got, you know, so I'm busy. He's drunken party little animal, and uh, we get past it. We attached, and we yeah. never went apart from yeah, each other. Yeah, I mean, that's the part of building relationships. I think once once we got past all that, and we got really really got to know one another. You know, then then the the love and affection was just as strong as the resentment and the hatred hate we had yeah. to begin with. Just, you know. And there was no reasoning behind it. I mean, I was, uh, I don't know, 27, 28. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was uh, I was a young, I was a kid. Yeah. And I was, I was in a spot that was uh, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit overwhelming. 
They were I, I bowing down to you. You f- should have felt like Elvis. Well, no, but you don't I mean, expect that, you know. And it, it, it was, it was, a, it was just like, you know, the first thought I ever had was, "What's wrong with these people? Why <laughs> <laughs> are they?" And then, you know, you do, but you get to that point, and and then you have to kind of rein yourself back in because your ego can really run away with you when you get to that point too. When when you're on stage and you're singing and you're doing something, and you know every eyeball in there is on you. And regardless of what the hell you do, what you say, how you act, they're going to go right along with you, good or bad. Right. Yeah. You know, then, then that can get you in that spot where it's, you know, dangerous. One, one of my fondest memories of that time when you were really trying to push, you know, your career yeah. was when you went do something outside of Austin City. They come. We came. Oh, yeah. We yeah. came yeah. in a truck club. Yeah. 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 Whether limos. It be Nashville or wherever, you know, the bar yeah. came. I mean, we would do and we would that, do showcases and stuff in Nashville, and there would be forty or fifty of them coming. Easy, out. right? Shows, yeah. yeah. I mean, we carpooled, we did truck, we did limos, Everyone we was did. Behind it. We were down there screaming our hearts out for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we loved him that much. You mm-hmm. know, we we knew he had this. Yeah. Before anybody. Right. And I mean, it it, it literally became like a. I mean. It was like a family, and except your family was, you know, six, seven hundred people every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. Yeah. It was. It I mean, was. Yeah. Uh-huh. There wasn't anybody in there that you didn't know. Right. And if they came in as a stranger, they weren't by the time they left. Yeah. And that's the way it was at Mom's. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You came in, if you didn't know anybody by the time you left, it was I'd, on. I'd say 90% of the people that I are in my circle now are responsible because of these two sitting in front of you right now. <laughs> in some form. I mean, because yeah. half the people I met were at that time at Austin City, yeah. you know? And uh, it was just, uh, like you said, it was a family, but like the support of the bar going and following you, what didn't matter where it was right. or what you uh, were doing. You have a showcase or whatever. Yeah. I'd say 50 people or more, if not more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Right? Yeah. We had to one-time book a... Uh, a whole section of a hotel we had to block yeah. we had to do a block for everybody yeah and i can remember looking somebody knocking on my door and i always got a room by myself because i didn't want to be with them fools yeah. after they've been out drinking <laughs> listening to george and i get up and i open my door and i look down the hallway and there goes a cowboy hat and i look down and i see a pair of boots i didn't see nothing <laughs> in between that it wasn't me <laughs> and it was not george but I saw hat and boots and a naked butt, and I slammed my door. I, think, and I said, "Do not bother me." I think I know who that was. That wasn't our guest from last week, was it? No. I, some, some for some reason, I, I believe I I'd heard. That oh, story. it might have been him. I, heard that I believe it was Adrian. him. I, be, I believe it was because that was a cool thing too. It wasn't just you know, it wasn't just the people from the bar and fans. I mean. Other musicians that played there, they'd load they up. They had load up and come to everybody would go. So, I mean it was just But so that's much fun. that's where your strength is. I gathered them. Rela- well, building relationships and, and that's been your, your staple for all those years. All my life, and that's yeah. why you've got, you know, still to this day uh, a very tight, big group of people that are loyal to you and are gonna come follow you and go wherever you go. Yeah. I told everybody we talked because I've gotten so old lately. Um, that we talk about um, at, at my death what I, what I wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. I said, well, let me tell you one thing. 
If I find anybody crying, I'm coming to haunt you. <laughs> the second thing better be the biggest daggone party. I want everybody there drunk and yeah. telling stories on stuff I've done to them. Right, yeah. That's all I ask for. That's right, yeah. And that's what it should be. I mean, I, I'm the same way. I, you know. I want to be when, celebrated. Whenever it goes, yeah, celebrate it. Because, I mean, you can't beat the life you live. No. I mean, there's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs, but, you know. When you, when you put it all in there and average it out, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. I've had more goods than bads. I have to say that. But I've had a bunch of share of bad. Well, yeah. yeah. But I've had more goods to outweigh it. And being in the bar business, I mean, they'll say, I bet you've seen it all, Mama. And I said, I don't say that because as sure as I do, somebody's going to pull <laughs> off something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The last time that happened to me, uh, I looked up and looked across the room and saw into the bathroom, and there was a woman up on top of the sink peeing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the door opens, and you look in, and there she is. You know what I did? I got a gallon of bleach and a scrub brush, and I went in there and stood there and waited for her to get down. She said, what are you doing? I said, you're going to clean your mess up when you get done. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> so I have not seen it all. Right. Because okay. something else is going to happen. All right, so this 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 takes us in a whole different direction. We got we got to hear some of the craziest, wildest things you've seen in your time. <sighs> oh my god! That don't include me. We don't need uh, to put me on. Well, that was going to be my number one the All night right, that go I got ahead. the moon on the bus, <laughs> and <laughs> I asked for a full moon, and I'd only got a half between it wasn't two just butts. Me, though. It wasn't just no, me. Mr. Bracey's little butt and your little butt at the time. <laughs> Call me on the phone, say get out here to the bus really quick. I thought. Oh, God, Mr. Bracey's fell. <laughs> I get out there, look up at the bus window, and there's two white butts. <laughs> and they're laughing just like he's laughing right now. And I'm, I look at him like this. I go, well, you could at least try for a full moon. <laughs> I just threw my hands up and walked back in the bar. Uh, I'm like, I'm done with y'all. Get on down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. We, uh, I, was, uh, I was in Nashville songwriting. And it was on a Wednesday, and I was coming back because we played Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. I come around the corner by where the, uh, whatever the hotel was down there, the Hampton Inn, and and I hear Conway Twitty 15 years ago just blaring. So I come around the corner, and it's Eddie and Troy's bus, you know, so I walk up. Of course, Eddie's on there. And uh, get to hanging out, you know, I mean, all this stuff. Next thing I know, man, it's dark. The bus starts moving. I'm sitting on the back with uh, with Bo Garrett, and uh, I'm like, man, where are we going? He said, man, we're, we're on the road. He said, I guess you're going with us. I said, shit, I can't go with you. I said, I got to fucking see if you want to. He said, you better be making some phone calls. I'm like, I'm like Mama, Mama. I ain't going to be here this weekend. Why are you She was having a fit, you know. I said, I'm on the bus with Eddie and Troy, and I can't get there. You are not. Eddie, tell her. Eddie got on there and told me, and he said, I got him. You better find somebody for. Leave me in that spot. But it wasn't my fault. I was kidnapped. You were kidnapped. I that was time. kidnapped. I mean, I he have, went willingly. I didn't have anything but the clothes on my back. I yeah. didn't have a chance. How long were you gone? Four days. Four days. <laughs> we went to. Uh, I think we went we we went to Connecticut, somewhere in Connecticut. Then we come back through and they played to Philadelphia, some kind of big biker rally. Then we played somewhere in Virginia, and I just remember coming to, across the interstate and I looked out the window, 
and I saw a sign said Olive Hill, two miles. And I ran up to the bus driver. I said, "Whatever you do, you stop it." There's a big truck stop it. I said, "Just pull this bitch over and let me off." And I was calling my dad. Hey, you come out here and get me up. I'm about to die. They like to kill me. <laughs> yeah, this is just kind of stuff I have to deal with as a bar manager, owner slash trash. Babysitter. Wipe your butt, babysitter. Yeah. Okay, now what am I going to do? Who am I going to call? What am I, uh, we'll figure it out. Hank will sing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hank can cover it. Hank can cover it. Hank. Oh, mercy. I've had Hank. <laughs> That's, That's a whole other podcast. A whole other podcast. Let me tell you about Hank. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were telling Hank stories before you got here. Oh, uh, we were. Uh, uh, yeah, love Hank. When, when did you get into the actual booking? Uh, at Austin that, City. At Austin City. Yeah. 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 And a whole other headache came yeah. along with that. <laughs> yeah, because I was working with John Doris yeah. um, and Little John yeah. and the radio station at right. the same time. So, like, Bandy uh, and Bailey would say, we got a new artist coming. We're going to do this much, and we need Austin City to do this much. Mm-hmm. So all the concerts of new upcoming artists came to me. Right. And then I had to deal with it. Yeah. Whether, whatever it be. But I loved most of them. There's only a few I wouldn't say nice things about, right. and I won't say them now. But 90% of the shows that came through were fabulous. Yeah. My favorite yeah. was Joe Nichols. Yeah, it was good, but Aaron Tippin was my all-time favorite. And Joy and Roy was like the most traditional, honest. I mean, what you see is what you got. Yeah. And and sorry that she passed away, but uh, they were like, oh, gosh. Now, if you were... You're dealing with John Doris, for those who don't know, as music management, and you're dealing with radio, and you're dealing with all these people. Did you ever consider going into the music business as a manager? Heck no. Because, <laughs> I mean, you, you guys have to be babysitted. <laughs> now, look, I ain't taking one that's made the star stuff yeah. and trying to babysit him because I tried to do that with uh, Luke Bryan mm-hmm. and I about choked him out. Yeah. <laughs> He did four shows at Austin City with me, uh, a cancer benefit and other stuff. That's His manager hooked him to my pants and said, don't let him out of your sight. I need to go take a nap. And he disappeared on me. <laughs> and I'm looking all over that bad gum bar, and I ain't going to say where I found him, but it, we it's know. okay. <laughs> and yeah, we all know. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, I don't want to go to that level. Yeah. I dealt with enough here. Right. I, I didn't need it. No, no. Mm-mm. See, I never acted like that, though. What do you mean? Do you want to talk about coming out of the bar at night and seeing what's going on in cars and trucks? And Do we want to go there? <laughs> that wasn't me. Do you want to talk about the night that you were about to get a DUI for peeing on the sidewalk? <laughs> <laughs> and Mama saved you? <laughs> George just spit his water. That, that was the middle of the day, and I wasn't even playing there that time. I was just there for some kind of... Here comes Nicole... Mama, Mama, they are Weston, George. I said, oh, no, they ain't. I went flying up out there. I grabbed one of my cop friends and said, let's get this. Well, listen, you raised in the country. Yeah, that's what you, you know, do. It's just, a, it's just a natural thing. You know, you got to yeah. go. You go. Truck, you know, ain't going to see nothing. You know, just today, Jacob gets out of the car, my 10-year-old boy, right there shooting basketball. I got to pee, Dad. All right, go in there and pee. 
Five seconds later, turn around, he's standing at the corner of the garage. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I, I played a show in Maysville one time, and a uh, small place, about the size of this, one bathroom, packed house. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the line was so big, and we took a break, um, our drummer said, fuck it, I'm going out to the alley to take a piss. And we didn't know that. And we're up on stage ready for our second set. We still got three sets to go. Yeah. And no drummer. And we're looking around, and the owner of that bar came out and said, Guys, uh, your, your drummer just went to jail uh, for pissing out in the alley. Um, all right, play the next song. I'm like, well, we ain't got no drummer. <laughs> we had to play the rest of the night without a drummer and then have to go belly him out. Nah, man, they, they take that stuff too serious. I mean, man's got to go. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's in the city kind of thing. It, you know, it don't happen. I know down here, back in the summer, our patio's really big, and... Uh, I look and I see three guys standing on the edge of the patio and they're all got the back swayed. I said, I know what you're all doing and you need to stop. And they went, Mama, do you see it on the camera? <laughs> I said, no, I don't. But you better put it up and get in that bathroom. Yeah. That was my It just happened. Like, I know you didn't see it. Right. <laughs> now, how did you feel when you finally went off and did Mama's Last Chance? Oh, that was a big for me because Mr. Bracey was there through the whole building right. of it, and that meant, meant so much to me. And having a bar of your own is the biggest struggle. Anybody that's thinking about doing a bar, please come talk to me first. <laughs> right. Let me give you some knowledge yeah. that they don't tell you about when you're doing this process. Right. Even though I had managed, bartend, waitress, ran, half-owned, quarter-owned, owned, you don't learn it all. Right. There's hidden stuff that sneaks up on you, and you got to have a little pocket over here for it. Mm -hmm. But don't open a bar until you talk to me. Yeah. And then if you decide you would still like to try that, don't be a drinker. <laughs> And save money. Yeah, save money, yeah. <laughs> don't be a drinker. And that I get a lot of harassment from people because I don't drink. And and I'll drink like once every 10 years. I'll have a big birthday thing or something. But yeah. they say, how do you do that? And I said, I don't know. And I don't. Because I look around sometimes and go, did I act like that when I was drunk? <laughs> you <know? laughs> You've seen it all. You don't, yeah. yeah. Please tell me I don't do that. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's a learning process. It's 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 tough. But uh, when I opened my own bar, the biggest thing, the thrill I got was the day that uh, Dylan signed his publishing deal yeah. down there with you and Becky and what was her name, the publisher. Yeah. Jennifer. Yeah. And that, that was a big event for me. And then nobody would let him play as a band because he was too new. Right. And so I first thing I did was throw him and his band, which wasn't all that great, up. And he killed it. Mm -hmm. He killed it down there. And then, of course, Austin City took him from me. But, yeah. you know, that's normal. That's a <laughs> that, process. That's you start process. somewhere, yeah. and then you move up the ladder. And you, you were able to see what he had, you yes. know, and giving that. And like I said, like I thanked you earlier, you gave a lot of people that next step, you know. My big yeah. thing was always, with, if an artist comes to me and truly believes in their self, and they can come in here and sing to me and get my attention, and I feel something, mm -hmm. they're going to play here whether they want to or not. Yeah. I'm going to give them an opportunity and open my door to a new artist. Yeah. Because that's what we need. 
Right. We need those new people. Yeah. With the way the day's going now, and if you're country, I really need you. Yeah. Because country's going away. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, it, it's a it's a big world out there in the bar business. Yeah. You know. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I tried it for a little while. Didn't talk to Mama beforehand. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, my my situation was wasn't all that bad. It was just a. Uh, Demanding. Well, it was, and I and I got I was trying to be the guy on stage, the the other guy yeah, behind, behind the, the scenes, bar. Yep. and uh, you know I just I just couldn't. It was just too stressful on me to be that guy. I mean, you can't go over and find somebody fighting and, and throw them out of the bar and hope they come back and listen right. to you play the next night. You're the a hole threw them out. You right. Know? Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, well, before I got into that, that was the best, and I, I didn't take it. But the best advice I ever got was was from Larry Redman, and he said, "If you're going to play in your club, he said, then nobody really needs to know you own that club. Mm-hmm. He said, let people take care of it for you and find people you trust, and you just go do your thing and be done with it." Right. And uh, I didn't, but you know, it. I got I got out of it just as smooth as I got into it, and it was all good deals, good people, and and uh, you know, still play there to this day. So I, got, I miss Mama's worse than anything because of it was like the family thing that I had up at Austin yeah. City. I brought it with me there. Right, yeah. And when they brought me the new lease, the new people out of New York bought the shopping center. And when he looked at me and told me I was a number, that what I did for a living there wasn't important to him, mm-hmm. that's when I shut the door. Right, yeah. Because I'm nobody's number. Yeah. I'm nobody's number. And then they took live music away, outdoor events away, overnight parking. So they were pushing me out. Yeah, right. You know, they didn't want that bar there. Yeah. Even though it was paid off. Sure. Yeah, we were So rolling. Going from everything you've done to this, what you've got mm-hmm. now is a big change. Oh, big change. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Way is big. It, I mean, have you got a preference? Do you like one over the other, or is it just one... Or sometimes you like something just as well as the other. It's just different. I, I, I will always love Mama's the best because yeah. I had it 100%. That was all mine. Uh, this, it's a slowdown. I'm getting old. Yeah. So it's a slower pace, but we still kill it. Yeah. We're still killing it, you know. Even though it's a slower pace, I still have people following me. I was at Sam's Club yesterday pumping gas. I was telling John. Yeah. And I heard somebody holler, Mama, and I looked up. I didn't know this woman from Adam. And she said, you're Mama Tish. I said, yes, maybe. (laughs) It depends. (laughs) And she said, I have been following you for years. And she said, I might be your stalker. But she said, do you know how many people love you? And I said, you just made my day. Because I don't at times because I have to be that person that says, get out. Yeah. No, you can't do that. No, you can't have any more exactly. to drink. You know, I'll have yeah. to be that, that me. person. I always love being that person to say it right back to you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> I'd go. I'd, I'd leave. I'd, yeah. I'd do what you told me, but I'd let you hear about it on the way out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had that this past Saturday when I put somebody out, they said something really nasty. And I said, no, thank you. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it just happens. The bar business is hard and especially for a woman oh, in this yeah, business yeah. you know i remember brad alford coming over to austin city asking me to come to cadillac yeah and i told him i said brad i can't come he said 
why? I said, because I'd fire people. He said, who would you fire? I said, you. (laughs) 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 He said, okay, I don't think you better come. Yeah, but you know, I dealt with so many uh, artists and so many musicians like you guys, and and George just mistreats me time after time, and <laughs> and I keep taking it from him. And uh, Steve will say, "Have you talked to George lately? Is he gonna play?" Well, yeah, but he's going down. He's gonna do what? UK's playing. <laughs> I think that was that was one of our conversations a while back. She was trying to book some dates. I said, no, I can't. I said, cats play that day. She's really George. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you get older, your priorities. Well, you know, change. I said that to Steve. I said George can't play because the Kentucky's playing. He said, I get it. I said, whatever. See? And whatever. I, hey, this is how big it is. You see the news today. There, there was a big trial going on over in Lexington. Yeah, and the. The defendant or the prosecutor won asked to move the trial date because just in case Kentucky might be in the final four, and the judge went along with it. Jesus. See? So it's not Jeez. just me. It's not just you. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Even the, even when they're losing, I still sit there and watch them and torture myself. <laughs> I know. I watched it last night. I was kind of aggravated, but that's all right. <laughs> it's not about that. What always I always found interesting was... Um, the, basically, the nightlife after the bars closed <laughs> because it keeps going. Oh yes, it does <laughs> for a long time. Sometimes, at least when we were younger. Yeah. Oh yes, when yes. But that's when the the fun stories usually. Took well, place. you know that's like when the, and you done a bunch of them with me on Thursday nights and stuff. We started doing the campfires. Right. That's yeah. where that Loved, originated from. Yes. It wasn't doing those shows like that. It was sitting around in a circle after the club had closed. And just passing the guitar around. A few select songs. people still yeah. trailing behind. And, we just... and I mean, there'd be, God, every time we was in there at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, oh, walk yeah. outside and the sunshine is like, yeah. And yeah. that's still going strong. Yeah. And Christmas parties. and um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many stories I could tell, but I'm going to be a good girl. But anyway, yeah, the campfire o- okay, thing. I fell over a stack of tires one night. <laughs> I have it on video. <laughs> Somebody bought Jeff B. a set of new tires for Christmas. They stacked up back there, and here goes George running through there, and I just fall on the You know, who looks for a set of tires in the park? Right. And the, the one Christmas party, I, I'll tell it on myself. I mean, I don't remember what happened once I got there, but I remember the lead-up to it. I was in Nashville mm-hmm. that morning, and, of course, our publishing company had their Christmas party. So the festivities started quite early. I showed up at Austin City's Christmas party, this is back in those days, and, and I had a, a gallon or a half gallon of Crown Roll I've been drinking on all yeah. the way up there. All the way. Anything that happened after that, I'm not responsible for. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, it didn't happen because I don't remember. Yeah. Well, it, oh, okay, well, okay. Yeah, that's the easy way out, all right. <laughs> it's true. That's, it I, is I true. It I is true. Remember. But yeah, I mean, and that was you know that was just the other stuff, the the building relationships and things. Yeah, you know, sort of it makes was. it cool. Uh, well, that would bring people back, you know, because yeah. there was always a group, you know, that would stay and hang out, and we do the like you said, the campfire thing, and then next thing you know, we're incorporating that into our show. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. we'd have campfire Thursday nights or whatever. Yeah. And we'd literally pull up lawn chairs on the dance yeah. floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got video somewhere of George doing, uh, he stopped loving her today and voice of Carl from Sling Blade. I need to find that. Uh, That that was one of the better campfire nights. We did a campfire at Mama's, remember that night? And it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that is just, you know, that's that's where your memories get made is the after. Yeah, after after time. People will tell me stories or, or share a story or something from gigs, and especially when there's so many at the same place, they all run, a lot of them run together. One one that happened two weeks ago might feel like fifteen years to me, and the right, one that right. happened twenty years ago seems like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but like all of them will run together, but then you'll have certain things that are just big moments, you know, that we've all shared together, and they just don't go away. You know, those are the ones that stick. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you this: when the when the, I was courting my wife, this this woman <laughs> right here had a her and Mister Bracey had a had a big big to do in that. Uh, I don't think she really wanted anything to do with me this time. And uh, she says she didn't, but I think she lies. Uh, because, uh, you know, I would I would always be in cahoots with Mama and, and Mr. Bracey to plan something out. You know, just, just, you know, thinking Nicole was oblivious to what we was doing. I don't think she was. But, uh, and, uh, I mean, even on, even on my, my engagement ring, I mean, they helped me get that. And, yeah. And, you know, so... Uh, just played a big part and then not told her we 20 years. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm serious. 20 Me years. and Bracey and I walked down that aisle together yeah. as, your, as their, oh, what was it? Something, parents, parents, guest parents. Because, I mean, we'd been <clears throat> with them from a get go. Right, yeah. And, and, so, I mean, that's stuff that nobody can take away from us. No, no. You know? I mean, Bracey would go get Nicole and say, hey, we're going to this show, and then she'd swing, he'd swing by and pick me up, and she'd be like, what are we doing here? I don't give Jimo a ride up her too, you know, and just pull all that kind of stuff. We took a trip to Nashville, and I had George and Nicole. That's when you wrote the Blue Eyes yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, uh, And I had George and Nicole in my back seat, and Mr. Bracey kept nudging me, and so I swing over this way to throw Nicole over on him. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, Bryce hit me and I'd swing this way and throw George on top. <laughs> you know, we was trying to smush them together, but then we sat in that floor and listened to that song he wrote for Nicole. And yeah. Nicole was like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I wrote it that, that very night. Yeah. We there, yeah. You know, and, and I just sang it to her. And, but it, it worked though. After once she figured out what it was actually about, right. she singing in Dawson City, and, you know, then she would be sitting over in the corner crying. Some yeah, and I'd yeah. sing it again later on just to watch her. Yeah, yeah. stab and turn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, I do, I do. There, that's a, that's a big thank you right there, because I mean, y'all played a huge part. I can't believe it's been twenty that. years. Well, Mr. Bracey was pretty bad about trying to hook a lot of people up. I mean, Mr. Bracey, I know he threw a lot of people away <laughs> trying to. Mr. Bracey. <laughs> Has got me in some uh, predicaments. Predicaments. We're talking about milk uh, flow, hair flow. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot lip of, brushes. I mean, we could go uh, <laughs> rattlesnakes. Uh, a lot of most of it before I was ever married or even dating COVID. Uh, right. Yes. But I will tell you this: he, he's he's a, he is solely responsible for the only person I ever hit in Austin City. Oh yeah. Yep. I, we were standing there. Cowboy Corner, and this little guy, you know, I don't know if he was Mexican, whatever, and he kept touching my hat. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Bracey, I knew what he was doing. He was just agging it on. He looked at me and said, you ain't supposed to be able to touch the cowboy's hat. I said, well, I ain't really a cowboy, Mr. Bracey. I'm just a singer. I just wear a cowboy. And he touched it again. He said, real cowboy wouldn't put up that stuff, Gmo. So I finally turned around. I told the guy, I said, man, would you please stop touching my hat before something bad happens? Yeah. And I turned back around, and the guy reaches up, takes the hat off my head, and puts it on his head. And I was standing there just, and Bracey didn't say a word, but I could see the look on his face, and I thought, you got to hit this guy. You got to hit this guy. So I turned around and I told him, I said, buddy, I told you not to touch my hat. And I go, bam. Well, as soon as he hit the floor, I hadn't even got my hat picked up. Jeff was over there dragging him. <laughs> and I turned around and Bracey had this big old grin on his face. I said, son of a God. But that was a tradition. That was a tradition. You don't touch a man's cowboy hat. Yeah. You don't step on his boots. Yeah. Especially that, if they're new, you're going to get nah. your butt whooped. That was you know? And then the, you were down there with us. We all went to Nashville one time. And me and him got kind of sideways down there. And there were some, there were some moons running around. <laughs> I remember being on the, what was it? Legends Corner? The, I mean, downtown Broadway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the coast. <laughs> I got his cowboy hat on. He's got my baseball hat on half the time. We got our pants down somewhere. Uh-huh. I just kind of just smacked him on the butt and walked on. <laughs> I mean, what was I supposed to do? We had 30 people with us. There's Bracey yeah. down, his pants down, George down. I'm standing in the middle, and they're going, everybody's going, Mama, Mama. And I'm like, pow, pow, and I just walk off. I mean, what can you do? What can a woman do at that time? Right, what, yeah. You just walk off. I mean, that was one dude. I mean, he very seldom, very seldom did he drink anything. But when he did. It was with Mama. And man, I'm telling you, you, just, you never knew what was going to happen. Mm-mm. We, we were hunting one time, and uh, I, I brought my whole cooler, you know, because we camped for four or five days. I had a whole cooler full of beer, and I had my guitar up there. And I kept offering him one. He kept turning me down. And I sat down and started playing, I don't know, it was Burn Gosling song or something. So then I looked up, and here he come, had one in each hand. And he sat down, and he started drinking. And we're sitting there that night, and I've got a pair of bibs on, hunting bibs. He comes over there with a cigarette that long, lit throws it down in front of my bibs. It burns me from my chest all the way down my leg. And I'm jumping around there, and I just, I looked at him, I said, I'll get you back. And we're sitting there about an hour later, and he's just sitting there telling a story, and he's kind of dozing this way. And I, I reached over, and I picked up a fire poker. Son and I wore him bony little knees out on him. <laughs> oh, no. He got up the next morning. Pulled him old gray sweatpants up, you know, and had all these bruises. Bruises down his legs. I I just took my shirt off and I had little red dots burning. Oh, man. Bad. (laughs) See what you have to deal with? Exactly right. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, Got a couple questions before we end the show, but um, real quick, uh, tell us about your new establishment. Where can we find you? What's going on? What's new? It's called Mama's Tap House in Nicholasville. Which is where we are now. We're we're actually recording on location for a change. 615 North Main Street. It's an old house that's been turned into a bar. It was a wedding chapel before that, and I've met a Hmm. lot of people that got married here, but they're not still married. Two people out of the 50 <laughs> that got married in this chapel, before, this bar before, when it was a chapel, I've met two people that's still together. Yeah. Well, I actually officiated a wedding at this place. Yes, you did, and they're still together doing good. Oh, yeah. 
So, yeah, it, we have a big yard, a big patio. Uh, we do acoustic music on the weekends, such as George and Puddin'. Yeah, and uh, this this will air later tonight. So tomorrow night, uh, I'll be here with Puddin'. And oh. Saturday night, George will be here. Be so here. you got some good entertainment this weekend. Yay! Yeah, for sure. Um, we, uh, I always love coming to see you. I just not as, haven't done it as much as i like to here recently, but we've been doing it here in the last couple weekends we've been back. But um, I'm just glad that you've got a place, that we all love it. Uh, if you haven't been out here, come out to Nicholsville, introduce yourself to Mama, become Mama's friend, become part of the family, <laughs> like we've all been talking Don't. about, because it is, uh, it's an experience. It, it's yes, an experience. It's different. For My sure. mama always said I was a people person. I never knew what she meant by that. But then I don't meet a stranger, you know, right. and, and that has continued on through my life. Right. But also, my mama was a mama in a bar. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. And yet, yeah, she sure was. And I, you know how I am, when I heard them people call her mama, I was ready to fight. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is not your mother. But now it came back on me. But yeah. thank God I don't have any real right. children. Right. But they might be fighting for me. But you understand that was just, yeah. that was a term of endearment. That's yeah, yeah that, and they loved her. So I feel like I'm a lot like her. And, I, and I'm glad. Mama could be better mother hen. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm keeping it zipped. I, I so am, John, just for your podcast. I'm... <laughs> Yeah, we, we said earlier we didn't want to get anybody divorced or in jail yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. or anything like that. You know, <laughs> we'll we, we keep some stories for the green room. This is as quiet as I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we end, and this is going to be a hard question. Okay. But any moment and since 1979 that just sticks out as just a wow factor that you got to be a part of. Oh gosh, there's been so many. Right. I mean, I can't put that on one thing. Yeah. I wish I could. It's hard. That's I mean, I mean uh, it's a long time to be doing this. And yeah, that's forty-four so years. Different almost. musicians and different acts, and not even the musicians, but just the stories and of the bar. Yeah, I mean, there have to be so many just killer great moments that you'd be hard this, to. This one, uh, um, Craig Morgan. Do you remember when he played? Yeah. He come into the bar, into the bar and he looked around and he said, "Really?" And I went, "Really? You don't like it here?" He goes, "Hmm." I said, "Well, you just take your butt back to the bar to your bus, and you don't have to worry about coming back in here." Yeah. Well, here come his little manager. <laughs> he said. Craig's had a hard, rough ride here, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I chilled out. And um, that man was crying when he left the stage because that Cottonwood song had just come mm -hmm. out. And he played the verses to that song, and the audience took it over yeah. from him. Yeah. And he literally cried on stage. Yeah. And he come up to me after that show and apologized. Uh, I guess he maybe did, I don't know, maybe didn't like the feel when he walked in. You know how, when you walk in, you can yeah, feel something. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm like, okay, take your butt back to the bar. You know, do your bus. I don't need you. Yeah. You know, but there's 
300 people out here waiting to see you. What yeah. do you want to do? Nice bar, ugly bar, whatever. Right yeah. There. It doesn't matter. How many places have we played where we've walked in and thought, mm, yeah. shithole, yeah. you know, and had the time of our life because of, life. of the family and the people that are there that make the experience what it is. It doesn't have anything to do yeah. with the cobwebs on the side of the wall well, or whatever, yeah, you know. You like, know there, there's places like that that after you've done it for a while, and then, you know, you get that vibe. You feel the ease. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, I've got several places, and I, we've talked about this, you know, so like, uh, there, there's several places I have to really watch myself because I know there's this place, that place, and this place. I, I'm liable to get a little bit carried away and crazy because <laughs> you just feel so relaxed and comfortable, and, yeah. and it, yeah. just, it just makes you feel that way. The yeah. atmosphere yeah. is what makes a bar a exactly. good bar. Yeah, exactly. I don't care what the walls are made of, and we got bricks and stone and mud everywhere, but it's what's inside of that. Right. It's just like a human, you know. What's it's not what's on the outside; it's what you have on the inside. And the bar business is the same way. Yeah, you got to have an atmosphere where people feel that. Yeah, you, you have safe. to. You got to feel comfortable at home. At home. I think that is perfectly said and a perfect way to end the night. Mama, thanks for being on Weekend Superstars. Thanks for having us. I'm glad I'm a superstar, finally. You are a Weekend Superstar. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow night. Yeah, I can't wait. I didn't know I was going to see you Saturday. Yeah. I'll see you Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, you see you Saturday. Am I playing there? Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what he said. (laughs) Thank you all so much. We'll see you later. That concludes tonight's episode of Weekend Superstars with John McHugh and George Moulton. You've been listening to Mama Tish. She's taking care of a lot of musicians in this town, and she's probably even pissed off a few here and there, but we all love her, and we love everything she's done and all the opportunities. So come on out to Mama's Tap House in Nicholasville, Kentucky, and we'll see you guys next time. Later.